Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Today, or teach today, or do a little bit of both. Uh, just from the idea of family reunion. Somebody say family reunion. Family reunion. Yes, I'm a black preacher, so you're going to talk to your neighbor. Come on, you're going to shout. I'm going to say, touch three people and tell them, God is good. I'm going to do all that. God is good. All right, we got a B3 organ, you know, long church names. Church might be four hours. Fish fry after church. Don't stereotype us. <laughs> but I'm pumped, and, and just open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 3. I got my, my homie Gray, uh, who helps me. Uh, he travels with me, and he's with us also. Y'all give it up for Gray. Uh, he's with us. Uh, about to get married. You know, take your time. Just, whoo, Jesus. Go slow. Just, yeah. You good? You need a counseling session real quick? Okay. Galatians chapter 3, 26. 29, it says, for you are all, somebody say all. all, all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all, somebody say all, all. who have been united with Christ in baptism, have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. How many of y'all like new clothes? Come on, raise your hands if you like new clothes. I love clothes. I love shopping. My wife calls it a, a habit. I call it a hobby. Come on, somebody. I love new clothes, but Paul says, like, when you get saved, it's like putting on new clothes. He then goes on and say this strong message, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. There's no longer white or black or Asian or Latino. There's no longer Hispanic or Nigerian. There's, there's no longer right or left. There's no longer Democrat or Republican. There's... No longer right or wrong. For you are all family in Christ Jesus, like putting on new clothes. For you are all, somebody say all, one in Christ Jesus. And I love how he takes it to the next level. And now that you belong to Christ, you are all the true children of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons have Father Abraham. I am on A, and so are you A. So let's just praise the Lord, right? Some of y'all like, what are they doing? Weird Christians, kind of strange. <laughs> you are all his heirs, and God's promise, or what God promised Abraham belongs to you. Here's the crazy thing about this passage of Scripture. It's, un- it's important for you to understand the context, and I just want to give you just kind of one of the thoughts of the context here. This is Paul, formerly Saul, writing this, who persecuted Christians for what they believed and how they believed. And some even say there were murders, that, that, that Paul was on, or Saul was on the side of that. And Saul has this Damascus Road experience. And those he used to hate, he's now loving. Amen. Those he used to persecute, he's now bringing to purpose. And so he has the right to say, hey, there's no more division. That's right. he, he's walked the path. He, he's been there, done that. He, he's saying I was wrong. 
He says, we're all one in Christ. Jesus. Jesus. He's saying, man, there's a family reunion. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm black. I don't know if you can tell. And man, and we got some for real family reunions. Now, now, when I was growing up, you know, family reunions were every single summer. We had a family reunion at a place called Blobs Park. Come on, we didn't do pickleball, we did horseshoes. Come on, somebody. There was no poker. There was, there was no pinochle. There was tonk and spades. Come on, somebody. Somebody might get shot over spades. Come on, just. <laughs> there was fried chicken. There was fried fish. There were ribs. There were, come on, somebody, a, a whole hog. Just weird, but that. There was potato salad. There was macaroni salad. There was Caesar. No, there wasn't Caesar salad. <laughs> Some of y'all was like, no, there wasn't. You lying. You black. <laughs> And every year at our family reunion, there'd be about four to six hundred people. Wow. Uh-huh. Four hundred with family, two hundred crashed the party. Where y'all at? Come on, somebody. Y'all like party over here, party over there, or just party. And so I have this Aunt Bessie. Somebody say Bessie. Don't that sound like a country name? Bessie. She got two ashy elbows and skin just hanging off. And Bessie can cook, boy. She can fry fish. She can make gravy. Aunt Bessie. Aunt Bessie was responsible for the family reunion t-shirt. This is actually my t-shirt. I would put it on, but it'd be offensive. Be a little tight. Come on, somebody. Be like, that's Spanx. That's not t-shirt. And Aunt Bessie, as you can tell, she wasn't a graphic artist. This ain't drip. This drop. Come on, somebody. Drip a drop. She would give, she would mail every single person who was in our family a t-shirt for our entrance into the family reunion. And she, she wanted to put something on us that united us all. And so she would stand at the, at the gate of Blob's Park and she would look in the car. See who had a t-shirt on, see who didn't have a t-shirt on. And she wasn't like the police because Aunt Bessie always ordered about 200 extra shirts. And everybody who was in our family, everybody who didn't look like us, everybody who didn't have the same ethnic makeup of us, everybody who didn't have the same melanin of skin, she would make sure that she had extra t-shirts that nobody who was a part of the family union, that everybody felt like family. Everybody. Somebody say everybody. Don't say everybody. Say everybody. I see bonics. Everybody. Then one year she took it to another level. One year Aunt Bessie, she put everybody's name on the back of the shirt. So I had to find my name. So see my name, James Rollins, and as I was looking for my name, I see all these other last names, Harris and, and Kidwell and Jordan and one I can't pronounce and Brooks and there's Lakeisha. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? There's Queen and there's Snowden and, and I was like, I don't know all these people. I don't know where they come from. I don't know what they believe. They don't look like me, they don't act like me, they may not vote like me, they might not even like me, but yet they're listed as a part of the family. 
And here's what I couldn't figure out. On the way to the family reunion every year, me and my sister would be in the back seat and my parents would tell us who we could talk to and who we couldn't talk to. My parents would tell us who they had relational issues with this year and how we were supposed to avoid them and their kids. <laughs> he would say, make sure your uncle just got out of jail. Make sure you don't go to the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> my parents had all these rules and what I couldn't understand is, is but they're listed here. Why are we avoiding people? that are listed in the family. Why are we not loving people that are listed in the family? And then I realized something. Who this? My last name is Rollins. Who is Snowden? How is me under this? And my dad said, that's your grandmother's maiden name. That your grandmother's maiden name is above every name. And I thought about when you got saved. I thought about when I gave my life to Christ. Paul said it's like putting on a family reunion t-shirt. And what happens is it's not Snowden, it's not Democrat, it's not Republican, it's not Latino, it's not white, it's not black. The name is Jesus. And above every name, on the back of the t-shirt, you are listed on the back because Jesus is on the front with your with your history, you're listed. With your attitude, you're listed. No matter where you come from, you're listed. Red, white, yellow, black, all are precious in his sight. And I think we need a family reunion. I think our country is in need of a family reunion. But the Bible says the church, the local church, is the hope of the world. But how can a church that's not diverse reach a diverse city? How can if the spiritual family has fractures in our spiritual family, how in the world do we bring unity to the biological family? How do we bring unity to the world? How do we bring unity to our city? How do we bring unity to our job? How many of y'all got some jacked up family? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Come on, let me see it. Let me see it. Wave it. If you don't have your hand up, you're probably the jacked up family. I'm just saying. Uh, no, no, it's everybody else and not me. No, you gonna follow you everywhere you go. You went to that church, you jacked up. You went to this church, you jacked up. You is you. I believe there needs to be something addressed in the family. The family of God. It's crazy how the family of God will let everybody know what they're against, but not many know who they're for. Come on, let it sit. You're like, oh, he came to play. No, I ain't playing, I ain't scared. I'm from Baltimore. We need unity in the family. We need forgiveness in the family. We need peace in the family. We need joy in the family. We need collard greens with some sazon in the family. Oh, don't play with me. I know what I'm talking about. I can fry chicken and make arroz con pollo. I ain't scared. 
Nigerian, I'll make some jollof rice. If you Asian, I'll fry some rice. Come on, somebody. If you black, we'll make some rice and gravy. Come on, somebody. We gonna do this thing right. It's crazy to me that ingredients can find unity and call it gumbo, but God's people can't find unity and call it glory. It's crazy to me that sleep number can figure out how two people who like two different things can still sleep in the same bed. But the body of Christ is so sectioned off by our denominationalism that we, watch this, that we judge people because they sin differently than us. We need unity, man. Guys, let me, let me help you. Just, this is not a racism message. This is a division message. And we, we keep going after symptoms, but we're not going after the main thing. Oh, it, it, it's, a, Pastor, it's a race issue. Well, you got an issue with your own family, right? Y'all the same color. Come on, y'all. Everybody wobble. Everybody salsa. Come on, somebody, don't, don't play with me. Everybody land dan- line dance. I don't even know how to say it. Hit a hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. See, since the beginning, let's take a look at what we're against. In Genesis 1.28, it says this, Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, subdue, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. Guess what it doesn't say have dominion over? One another. Over that my opinion is better than yours. Over that you hurt me and I hurt you, but you hurt me first. I'm over you. I'm coming down your row. It's coming. I'm going to step on your toes a little bit. Not to condemn us, but to convict us to get this thing right. Are you tired of carrying anxiety? Are you tired of depression? Are you tired of being disappointed? Are you tired of looking over your shoulder and peeping around corners? If you're from 1990, you know exactly what I'm talking about and your mind is playing tricks on you. Someone like, what is he saying? That was when good rap was around. (laughs) Ghetto boys, y'all don't play with me. Are you tired of it? You tired of trusting and not trusting? You tired of showing up, not, 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 not knowing like, are they gonna hurt you like the last person hurt you? Are you tired of being in your new marriage but you're still grieving the pain of your last one? Are you tired of being in a new relationship with new people but you're kinda like, I don't know, and the Bible says confess your sins to God that you may be forgiven, confess your sins to people that you may be healed, and we're all walking around in church forgiven but not healed because we don't do people? Y'all should see some of the looks on your face. You're like, stay straight. Just look ahead. Just look ahead. Don't say nothing. Don't smile. It was so funny. Last service, I was looking at this one, and you could tell he was not feeling me. The whole message, because the Holy Spirit, he was mad at me. I could just tell he was mad at me. I hope you're not here. Come on, East Campus. Come on, online. Hmm, You tired of it? You tired of letting people live in your head rent-free? Come on, somebody. They, they just, they ain't thinking about you. You can't sleep. You mad. You see somebody that look like them. You want to punch them. Instead of laying hands, you want to throw hands. Come on, somebody. Is anybody tired of it? 
It's division. And division and dominion cannot reside in the same heart. What is dominion? It's God's kingdom. Dominion is heaven coming to earth. You pray it when you pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, dominion come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we have dominion, heaven is not a place that you're just going to go to when you die. You can actually have heaven here today. Heaven can heal you. Heaven can forgive you. Heaven can deliver you. Heaven can set you free. Heaven can make you dance in a strange land. Heaven can, come on somebody, can change your history. Heaven can renew you. Heaven can restore you. When heaven comes to earth, God's glory reigns. That's not just a preaching point. Some of us wonder, why am I sick and why am I unhealed and why am I angry? Because you need healing in order for heaven to show up. And some of you have no idea it's not even about you, it's about your kids' kids. And if you're not going to forgive for your sake, how about you do it for your children? See, with, when heaven shows up, the word dominion, it means that there's a king. That his name is Jesus. He's the king of kings. And then when, when th- that word dominion also means heaven's domain. That means that there's jurisdictional rights. When heaven shows up, atmospheres change. When heaven shows up, I'm telling you, that's why when you were worshiping, you are more than able. Y'all worshiping, who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Can you imagine all of the faith in the room with the Lord? and you're singing what the Lord can do and you're wondering why you're still broke. (laughs) What the Lord can do. Why you're still single. What the Lord can do. Get a haircut, shape up. What the Lord can do. (laughs) And you're like, why isn't things changing? Because dominion is trying to come. But God cannot release a spirit of multiplication to a heart that's divided. Do you know that God doesn't save you just for you? Do you know that God doesn't heal you just for you? Do you know that God doesn't free you just for you? You see, when he called Abram, he said, Abram, in Genesis 12, chapter 1, I'm going to bless you and make your name great. He said, Abram, I'm going to bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Then he says this, ready? In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. He says, Abram, in you, there are nations. What I'm trying to say is in your healing, there are nations. In your freedom, there's nations. In your deliverance, there's nations. In your brokenness, there's nations. But how do I give a nation anointing to someone who can't get along with their neighbor? See, the Bible says in Romans 5.12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Right? I can't see him. I'm, I'll be 50 next year, so I know what y'all are thinking. He young, no black don't crack. That's a whole nother message. <laughs> and Adam's sin brought death to everyone. So death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. How many of y'all have sinned? Raise your hand. If you ain't got your hand up, you better be get it up. That's a sin. It's called pride. I'm good. <laughs> I know you ghetto. Now you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> What does sin do, ultimately? Ultimately, sin separates us from God. It separates us from God. So here's the the deal. If you're separated from God, 
Don't you naturally think you're going to be separated from people? But testimony, testimony, somebody say testimony. The Bible says in Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our, like four y'all said it, come on, that means say it. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our, yeah, I feel Jesus. See in black church we said, I've got a testimony, yeah, never mind. Never mind. Y'all was clapping on the one and the three. We do two and the four. <laughs> our, our worship leaders wear baggy jeans. You may wear skinny jeans. I'm just saying. Y'all play guitars. We play B3 organs. <laughs> the blood of the lamb is the work that Jesus did. Yeah. The word of our testimony is the word that we, the work that we have to do. Wow. Right. That's good. That's good. So good. How do you testify if ain't nobody around? Yeah. Yeah. I'm mad at everybody. No testimony. I can't stand my boss. No testimony. You don't realize that your boss ticked you off, that God wants to use that for you to show him or her the opposite spirit so that light can shine in darkness and the kingdom of heaven can show up where hell is. And guess what? You praying, God, I pray for another job. God, I pray that you get him. And he's like, no, I sent you there to save him. And you can't leave your assignment until you forgive somebody that doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Oh, pastor, you had to preach that today. Yep, I'm coming for you because the Holy Spirit is coming for me. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Maya. <laughs> and you say, well, it's a racist. I preached this message in an all-African-American church last week. Service was long. <laughs> long church name. Seven offerings. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not. Adam and Eve, same color. Division. Division got passed down to Cain and Abel, same color. Division. Division gets passed down to Jacob and Esau, same color, twins, born at the same time. Division. And you think it's Republican or Democrat? You think it's white or black? No, 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 no. Division is not stopping policy from happening. Division is stopping the presence of God from happening. And the, let me, can I, can I help you real quick? I'm going to tell you what's never changed anything. Y'all ready? Yes. An opinion. A post. They not throwing stones no more like the Bible. We throwing phones. The power of life and death is no longer in our tongues. It's in our thumbs. Just scrolling. I'm telling you guys, we are on kingdom assignment. Psalms 133 says how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in the house of God. Okay, the house of God. Unity. Unity. Somebody say unity. unity. The word 
unity does not exist until there is the acceptance of difference and diversity. The Bible does not say how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in uniformity. Unity acknowledges that we're different, but we're family. It acknowledges that we're different, but through our differences, I don't have to be right, but I have to stay righteous. It's difference. It says that when unity comes, God, his presence comes because he releases his anointing. And when he releases his anointing, guess what happens? It gives us the power to command blessing. My God. That means when unity comes, the city has to change when the church changes. When unity comes, the divorce rate has to go down because the church is in unity. When unity shows up, I'm here to tell you, everything that doesn't look like God has to change. That's why 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal the land. The problem is, is our land of our country will never get healed until the land of the people in the church's hearts get healed. I want to, can I just triple dog dare you for a second? Can I? Uh, Would you rather, y'all play the game, would you rather? Uh, I triple dog dare you to raise your hand if you know that there's somebody that you need to forgive. Thank you for being honest. I'm gonna raise both my hands because when I was reading on the back of this, I saw a name that I want to smack. <laughs> Turn the other cheek. Pray for those who persecute me. You're crazy, man. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they said. You don't know what it cost me. It cost my reputation. That uncle, they abused me. Forgive. You don't know what my ex-husband did. Yeah, but your new husband is paying the price because you won't forgive the last one. You're miserable because you won't forgive. It's robbed your joy. Have you ever asked yourself, what's this costing me? Can I, can I make it lighter? Because it's a little heavy. Some of y'all are like, ooh. How's that working for you? That unforgiveness. You mad. They're not thinking about you. You see, some of you right now need to understand this. Number one, if you want a family reunion, this one's gonna be hard. I'm sorry, guys, but this is scripture. You need to love intentionally. Uh, Like, it doesn't say love mistakenly. Like when I see him, <laughs> you know you ain't gonna see him. <laughs> Intentional, seek them out, send a text without rehashing the story that just says, 
I'm sorry. Not the text that says I forgive you. Because then they don't know what I did. The text that says I'm sorry. I apologize. See, you're not letting them off the hook, you're letting yourself off the hook. You're not freeing them, you're freeing you. What you're saying is, God, they're yours. They no longer, let me, everybody put your hands out like this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I feel like God just told me to tell you to do this. God, help, give me the next line. (laughs) How is your ability to respond to the pain? You know what the word responsibility means? That I have the ability to respond to the pain. You don't have the ability to forgive anybody. Only the Holy Spirit gives you the ability. So now give it to God. God, I give it to you. I give you my hurts. I give you my wounds. I give you my scars. I give you it because I don't have the ability. Intentional love. The Bible says that God is love. He doesn't decide to love. His love doesn't keep score. His love seeks those that while they were yet sinners, he sacrificed for them. That's how you love outside the lines. That's how you show the love of Jesus. You, you, You are intentional about your love. It's like changing clothes, guys. You know what Paul says? He says, he says, when you change clothes, now, now here's the deal. Like between services, I'm gonna have to go and change my t-shirt under here because it's soaking wet. And guess what? I'm not gonna just put a new t-shirt over the one that's soaking. In order to change your clothes, you have to take off something in order to put on something. And my prayer for us today is that you take off that pain. That you take off that burden that's been so heavy to carry. That you take off that grief. Oh, no, no, no. How about this? Come on, dudes. Where are my men at? Raise your hand if you're a man. How about this? No, I'm good. <laughs> they ain't hurt me. No, I'm good. You ain't good. You mad. You angry. It shows up how you parent your kids. Uh-huh. It shows up how you love your wife. I ain't good. Worship going on. You got your hands in your pockets because you can't even fathom how a good God would let that happen. I'm good. Yeah, come on. I'm good. No, you're not hard. Your heart is. How do I know? Because that was me. Angry. I'm going to tell you, Jesus. Can I pause the message? Pause. Um, sometimes when I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit will start dealing with me, and I can't get through my sermon because if he's dealing with me, he's got to deal with you in the same area. And um, I told you I've been married for 24 years. It's been about the best eight years ever. <laughs> eight years ago, I found out that while we were pastoring the church that my wife was dealing with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Can I just keep it a hundred? Uh-huh. Like, I was preaching on, on Sundays and cussing her out on Saturday night because she was drunk and spitting in my face and couldn't remember and blackouts and I was traveling the world and preaching. I could preach to thousands but couldn't talk to the one I laid next to every night. Wow. I could build the greatest church and a great kids ministry but had no relationship with my own kids. 
and I had every reason to not forgive her because she almost ruined everything. You know what the Lord told me when she was at rehab? When I took a year off and I thought I was going to lose everything? He said, you will never have the wife, you will never have the wife you want until you love the wife you have. I told y'all I was gonna keep it 100. She was away at rehab and I was planning our divorce. I was planning, calling my pastor friends, asking them would they hire me. You know what I had to do? Love intentionally. She's about to come home and I'm sitting at the counselor's uh, uh, office telling the counselor why I'm gonna leave and what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a public speaker. Come on somebody, I'm a. I'm going to be a Maxwell. I'm going to be a Blackswell. <laughs> God was like, no, I'm after you. That's running. Wow. Come on, that's a word. Come I need on. you to intentionally yes. trust me. Amen. And I'm sitting in counseling, and the lady that I'm paying to talk to me like this. <laughs> you can't leave that girl. Say, I need somebody. I need that. I need a mama. Come on, somebody. I said, why? She goes, because the new Irene won't get a chance to heal the wounds that the old Irene created. Wow. Come on. You are more than able. Yes, come on, Jesus. Come on. See, see, right now, forgiveness is a decision. Reconciliation is a process. Yes. And so many of us are so stuck in the journey of process that we never make the decision. And what I did in that counseling office as I did that day is I made a decision. <laughs> I said, I forgive her. You know what I did the next day? I forgive her. You know what I did the next 365 days? I forgive her. You know what I did the, next, the second year? Every day, I forgive her. When I found she had never drinking again, but when I went through the house and found water bottles that were filled with vodka that she had hid around the house, I forgive her. When I was in the car, cleaning out the car underneath the seats and found the little fifth of alcohol, I said, I forgive her. And every day I forgive her, I had no idea that it gave her the strength to recover. It gave her the strength. And today, she is eight years sober because I forgave her. Uh-huh. So you don't tell me. Can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the Lord can do? What the Lord can do? Y'all can't tell me that God's not a healer. You can't tell me that his kingdom won't come from heaven to earth. You can't tell me I got a testimony. And the word testimony means God do it again. So I pray that he does it again in your life. Sorry, I got a little black. <laughs> I, uh, I had no idea I was going to share that story. But every time I share it, I feel another level of freedom because that's process. But I'm so glad that I made the decision. I don't need to preach the rest of the message. If you need to make a decision to forgive someone, I want you to put both hands in the air and I'm going to ask God to give you strength. Come on, every campus at East and online.
Father, right now in your goodness, God, all over this room, all over this city, at this campus, the East Campus, everyone online, everyone who will watch this later online, I pray for such a tenacity and a perseverance, God, that your presence would overwhelm our pain. God, with tears running down thousands of people's eyes right now. God, we may not be able to trust people, but we sure can trust you. So God, we take the responsibility out of our hands and we put it back in your hands. God, we give you our hearts. We give you our disappointments. We give you our fears. We give you our doubts. We give you our discouragements. And God, we ask that you set us free because the Bible says that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Can Journey Church give God some praise in this place? testify so since over the last eight years about 80 pastors or their wives have gone to rehab because they heard my wife's story and some of you heard my wife's story at your women's conference when she was here preaching and she came home and she says honey I think we found some more family come on somebody And here's what I believe. I gave one point today. Love intentionally. I, I just have decided that I would rather err on the side of love and be accepted by God than keep carrying around all the pain. I'm telling you right now, me and my wife, our relationship, God has completely restored it. God has restored the years. I'm going to tell you what happened when I forgave her. So I forgave her. At the time, I was 420 pounds. Emotional pain. I'm telling you guys, like, the physical weight was showing up because of the emotional weight. I had no idea that me forgiving my wife was going to give her the strength to help me through my process of losing 150 pounds and losing all of the weight emotionally. And yeah, I still got some work to do. Come on, somebody. After I eat this arroz con pollo after church. But then with every, every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room and you know that there's distance in your relationship with Jesus, <laughs> 
impossible to give away something that you never received. And if you've never received forgiveness, it's impossible for you to give it away. And today, if I had a big old fat reset button up here on this stage, you would say, Pastor, I need to hit that button to reset my life, to reset my heart. And today you says, man, there's distance. I'm tired of carrying this. And maybe you're doing this for the first time, or maybe you're doing it for the 30th time. But my Bible tells me that there's something called a sea of forgetfulness that he throws our sins into. And some of us need to stop deep diving for the things that he's already forgiven us for. And if you're in this room on the count of three and you know you need to give your life to Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on, hands are going up all over this auditorium. I want you to repeat after me. Come on, East Campus. Say, Jesus, today, come into my heart. Today, set me free. Today, I give my life to Jesus. Today, I'm saved. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, Journey Church, can we give God some praise for all the people that have come to the free power? I said give Jesus some praise. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.